Coming to you live from the capital city of the great state of Texas, overlooking downtown Austin and the University of Texas. Welcome to the show and the multicast that knows the pride and tradition of the Texas football program will never be entrusted to the timid of the week. This is the Eyes on Texas multicast. We are a product of the Republic of Football on Dave Campbell's Texas Football Podcast Network. We are powered by Grande Equipment and several others founding partners who we'll tell you about coming up at Grande Equipment, our title sponsor. We appreciate them. We appreciate you being uh, being with us for Episode 12. We have a lot to do, a lot to cover as we come out of the 4th of July weekend. Look forward to Big 12 Football Media Days and countdown the days to the start of an exciting college football season. Uh, I am Aaron Hogan, a morning show host at the Horn here in Austin. He is the senior writer at Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Uh, Mike Craven himself, who I believe over the last week or so has gotten to dive into the actual hard copy of Dave <laughs> Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. You wrote 3,500 or so words. You were jealous last po- episode that you didn't have one. Now you've you've seen it. Yeah, thirty-five thousand words. Need to need to get that in did there. Say, what did I say? Thirty-five hundred. You know, oh, I don't want to sell Yeah, we need to get that right. That was in the Sunny <laughs> Dyke story alone. My bad. Uh, yeah, I think they heard my complaints and uh, got me one shipped. So that that was nice. Uh, I realized it was my fault though. I'd never changed my address. Oh, as major. a subscriber. Uh, so they just sent me one to the, my old address. So that was on me. I apologize to everybody. Whoever <laughs> moved into your old place got a free mag. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. 100%. Um, so, yeah, I, it turned out, you know, you notice a few mistakes. Now there's going to be a couple spelling mistakes. Or, uh, you know, I had one guy uh, for North Texas' defense slip through the cracks. Like, I had him off as one of the key losses because he entered the transfer portal. But I didn't take him out of the defensive section because I had already written the defensive section. So you start to kind of notice a few mistakes that, that kill you. Uh, but for the most part, I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. Well, it's all in print. And as you say, it's That's eternal. Right. It's eternal. Mm-hmm. Somebody will have that magazine 30, 40 years from now, and we'll go back, and it's an archival yeah. piece. Obviously, the Internet houses it, but it's just something about that hard copy of the uh, Bible of Texas football, uh, Dave Campbell's. And, of course, high school football season around the corner. Uh, as kids will start going back in August to uh, two-a-days, which is always fun. Uh, and, of course, college football ramping up. And, you know, July 1st, the uh, – the schools moved, right? The uh, Big 12 officially adds four new conference, four new members of the conference, uh, with Houston and UCF and BYU and Cincinnati. They're joining, and of course now Sam Houston State officially the 13th yeah. FBS school in the state of Texas, which makes your job uh, writing as a senior writer for Dave Campbell's Texas Football, covering college football, even more robust. It's going to be cool. I actually have a uh, insane idea for this year. There's 13 weeks in a college football season. There's now 13 FBS teams. I want to go to a different stadium each week. You know, like go to TCU week one, Tech week two, on and on and on, and try to hit all 13 FBS stadiums. We're trying to shop it around, see if we can make it a coffee table book. Um, so we're going to see what we can do there. Uh, but the synergy is too much to to ignore, right? 13 FBS teams. 13 college football teams, so we're going to see what we can do there. But I'm excited about this year having 13 teams. In I it. like that. And, uh, you know, tour of Texas kind of thing. Exactly. Like an old, make it like half history book, half on the scene. Like, where do you park? Where should you go eat? You know, where are the best tailgates? What are the best food? You know, that, that kind of ultimate guide to college football. It sounds like a Dave Campbell's joint. Uh, so we're going to try to lean into that. Like that. Because, you know, I mean, knowing football fans and the passion in the great state, they're going to look at that and say, well, maybe I'll go on the tour, or at least yeah. try to do – a fourth of the tour each each season or something, and over the course of a few years, complete it. If you can't pull it off like you're going to do it because you're doing it for, for pay, you're getting to yeah, write yeah, the story. Yeah, yeah, I don't have to go into my pocket for any of that yeah. stuff. So it's uh, nice. but, This uh, was really an elaborate ruse to get me just to get around the state and go do whatever I want to do. Living the dream, my friend. Yeah. Living the dream. It's not too bad. And as we say, we are a product of the Republic of Football. 
uh, and that great website uh, on Dave Campbell's Texas Football Podcast Network and website. Growing like crazy. You guys have added a couple more new podcasts. We'll be closer to the season, which is great. So always check that out. Also, always housed at the Horn Austin YouTube page, on, in addition to the Dave Campbell's YouTube page, uh, where you can find it. We call it a multicast because you can watch it uh, well, on the uh, the YouTube side. You can listen to it on on uh, on your iTunes and, and Spotify. And then, of course, uh, you can just take it wherever you go and, and listen to us and watch us wherever you are. It's the multicast that keeps you on top of all things Texas football. It's powered by Grande Equipment. Before we get launched into our our four quarters of fun. Let me tell you about Grande Equipment, locally owned independent equipment company that has been serving Texas and the world's equipment needs since 2004. They're online at grandeequipment.com. Uh, I want to take, thank them so much. Wes Murray and his team, uh, they're, they're, I mean, they're huge football fans in the state of Texas. They're, they're native Texans, locally owned, independent uh, equipment company. Wes and his team grew up playing high school football, loving high school football uh, and college football, you know, uh, loving Dave Campbell's Texas football. So they're all in with us, and we appreciate them. If you have a project uh, and you need the equipment, no matter the size, the scope, all that matters is uh, they're going to be there with you to get it done on time, on budget, uh, hassle-free uh, equipment every single time. They know that your your timeline needs to be hit to hit that budget every time. That's what Grande is all about. They also have a brand-new renewable energy sector supporting solar projects all over the country and here in the great state. Pile driver application and others needs uh, the new and used equipment. It's Grande Equipment online at grandeequipment.com. They don't overpromise. They overdeliver, kind of like the Eyes on Texas multicast. We overdeliver. Let's get it going. We break it into four quarters like a football game, uh, including a halftime coming up. In quarter two, we're going to be diving into Big 12 Football Media Days. We record on a Monday night here in the capital city. Um, football Media Days coming up in Arlington on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, and it's a it's a unicorn of a Media Days, which we'll talk about with the uh, you know four new members, 14-team conference for this year, and, of course, the founding members. Two of them, Texas and Oklahoma, playing their final year in the Big 12. Our third quarter, we're going to take take time for our college football spicy takes. Uh, And it's presented by On Point Spices. Trust me, they are particularly spicy again this week. In the fourth quarter, we'll wrap it up with our final four big conversations around Texas football and college football, including... Sark and the Horns with a couple more uh, recruits coming in uh, for the class of 2024 and the brewing mess at Northwestern, which has apparently ended Pat Fitzgerald's nearly two-decade run as the leader of the Wildcats. So that's all still to come. But let's dive in headfirst to our first quarter. It's brought to you by our first quarter presenter. That's uh, the TexasMortgageGuy.com. That's Carlos Carrion, the TexasMortgageGuy.com. We'll tell you about, more about him coming up. Uh, but first quarter, Mike, is all about media polls. Media polls. Uh, which I know some people listen to that or see that on the multicast and like, Ugh, I hate the media. Uh, but you know the media votes. Fourteen, uh, you know, schools have got you know around the Big Twelve now. Uh, the people that cover those schools were asked, who are the best players in the conference? And it's all speculative. Who are the best players coming into the year? Who are the teams that are going to win it? Uh, so last year we or last week we were delivered with the media polls for twenty and twenty four or three, I should say. We'll get to twenty four later and t- next year. But uh, the most intriguing part, I think, Mike, is the Predictions. Who's going to win this conference with Texas at the top? Most first place votes, um, most points, and the expectations sky high for Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns to win uh, the Big 12 in 2023. Yeah, it felt right. You know, that's what my poll looked like the top three uh, of Texas, Kansas State, Oklahoma. You know, I, I was there uh, with that. So, you know, Texas on paper is unquestionably the favorite to win this conference. Yeah. Um, you know, 10 starters back on offense. You had A.D. Mitchell. Uh, Isaiah Nayor to to a wide receiver room that's going to be really good. I think the running backs are going to be fine, especially behind that offensive line. And there's a toughness to this team 
that it doesn't feel like there's been in a long time, right? Like they always field a good seven on seven team. There's always good quarterbacks, good wide receivers, uh, but they have a defense this year. It feels like, uh, you know, they took some steps last year. You think they're going to be good uh, above average. You know, they may not be Georgia, uh, but they're going to be good enough to win games. That offense is going to score a lot of points. So to me, you know, on paper, they have to be the favorites. Just a, a matter of how much maturity they have and if they can handle those expectations week in and week out because it's a 13-week season and they haven't been a team that's played consistently uh, for a full season in a long time. No, I'm agreed. And, uh, you know, Steve Sarkeesian was on a, on a podcast with Greg McElroy last week, and I just I thought it was a good conversation. But the words that Sark used that resonated the most out of that was team on a mission. And team on a mission, I mean, that was that's coach speak at some level, but we wonder why Sark is embracing the aspirations and the goals and the all-gas, no-excuses seasons we've talked about it being. Uh, you know, if you have a team on a mission, if you've got a group in a, in a locker room, guys who have come back that could have gone to the NFL, we've talked about the Jordan Whittingtons, the Jalen Fords, the Christian Joneses of the world, uh, the A.D. Mitchells who have come in, who have been on national championship teams. The other thing Sark said that's interesting, they're a team on a mission because, Mike, they they know they screwed up the fourth quarter of games last year. And he didn't say they, we. He said we, you know, coaches, players. We lost games we shouldn't have lost last year. And the year uh, before. And, well, and the year before. Um, but the, that last year's team was, you know, the Oklahoma State game stands out, the Texas Tech game, games that were in control. Uh, you had them. Uh, obviously, the Texas Tech game was kind of fluky with all the fourth downs and you know, who converts six of seven for, for, for fourth downs. But Joey McGuire was just a riverboat gambler. That can happen. Uh, the game at Stillwater where you were up 31-17 and, you know, end up losing that game. Quinn Ewers has a bad day on a windy day. You know, 14 penalties to zero in favor of the home team, which was weird. But again, they're owning it, saying if we had done our job, we would have been playing for a Big 12 championship. And that last year, the Alabama game, for crying out loud, we let that game get away from us when we had it in our control. I like hearing that. As you have and I have covered a lot of Texas teams, you know, typically when the players are the ones running the mission. We want to make amends for what this is. And that's why when we get into it on our Big 12 media days, preview we're going to hear from some of these players that are going up there and talking about it that's what you want to hear the players echoing what sark is saying oh no we're on a mission to win the big 12 we don't mind the uh, the expectations the picks the preseason hype because it's about us and i understand why there's hesitancy from people outside the organization right like if you're not in that building you look at i looked it up today 11 of the thir- last 13 seasons they've lost or they've lost at least three games in the yeah. big 12 you know, they've lost at least two in every single one of those seasons since 2009. And so, you know, they're always really talented. You know, maybe they're not as, as good in the offensive line as they've been this year or they will be this year. And so, But they're they're always number one, 1A one or 1B in terms of talent. Uh, but they trip up along the way. They blow a fourth quarter. They lose in the second half. They, they lay a dud against Kansas at home, right? This isn't just a Steve Sarkeesian thing. This goes back, you know, three coaches now, right? And so uh, until they can show on the field that they can take every single week seriously and get up every single week and not have those letdowns, I absolutely understand the Snickers. Uh, but when you're around the team and you're around the coaches and you hear the players talk, there's a confidence inside that building that hasn't been there over the last decade or so, and we'll see if, if the results you know match that that bravado. Talent, coaching staff continuity, yeah. uh, you know, bad taste in your mouth from a year ago, a couple of plays from playing for a Big 12 title. A and year. it has to be this year, too. It has they, to they be. Know. The, they oh, know. They know that it's right there in well, front of Well, I think that's interesting, too, because uh, you know Sark also mentioned, oh, I'm sure we'll hear him reiterate that next week or this week up in Arlington, you know, it was the players, he said, that when the, the SEC schedule for 2024 was announced, it was the players that said, Coach, we want to put out this year's schedule. While this is the hype, we, through our social media accounts, want to put out 
this year? Because that's what we're focused on. Because as we've talked about on the morning show here in Austin quite a lot, a lot of guys playing on this team that will never play in the SEC. They're never going to step foot in that conference outside the Alabama game this year. You know, they're off to the NFL. This is their last year. They're done. That's great for the program. But for us, it's this one to try to bookend the Big 12 Conference. You won the first one in 1995. You have a chance to win the last one. And, you know, I appreciate the players saying that, you know, that's for them. This is for us. Let's go win this thing on the way out. Because you're right, they're always talented. Uh, they, they've lost three or more games every year since you mentioned. And, you know, it, it, it's rightful for the other schools in the conference to snicker. I mean, TCU's owned Texas since joining the Big 12. Iowa State's won three of the last four. You know, Baylor has had their way with Texas at times. Last year, Texas got Oklahoma State, who they don't play this year. But those fan bases are going, really? These guys always fall on their face. These guys always fall apart. Don't worry about Texas. Somebody else will win it. And that's the the the, the chip, the monkey on the back they have to flip. And they're going to get the best shot of all these departing teams. Oh, yeah. You know, like Baylor at home, that's going to be a big game in Waco in week four. You know, Houston, week 10. Like That's that's the biggest game in Houston football in the last 20-something years, especially at home. And so, um, you know, Texas Tech, the last game of the year, which could be a big game. You know, everybody thinks Texas Tech's going to be kind of a dark horse to compete for the Big 12. What does that mean? All of those games are going to be – you know the big. It's like the A and M Texas last game, right? You want to have those bragging rights for the rest of time. Texas is going to have to get up week in and week out because they're always the hunted, right? I mean, like everybody always gets up for Texas. But when you know you may not play them again for another, you know, however long, uh, you're gonna you're gonna get their best shot. When you got to go to Baylor, you got to go to TCU, you got to go to Houston. I mean, those are all uh, big in-state games where, yeah, they want that last pound of flesh. No doubt about that. Iowa State, even in Ames in November, will be interesting. All right, the rest of the poll, Texas first with 41 first-place votes. Kansas State, rightfully the second-place team, I'm sure. There's a lot of folks at K-State Wayne saying, wait a second, we won the Big 12 a year ago. Uh, we got our quarterback back, whole offensive line. we got the newcomer of the year in the preseason coming in from Florida State, a running back to replace Deuce Vaughn. Uh, Chris Kleiman is a proven coach who can win. Got to see K-State as a real threat. Uh, and, of course, Texas plays K-State this year, which which sets up to be a really big game. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the best home game on the schedule. No, no question. And when you look at the 2023 home schedule, by the way, you see why they're moving to the SEC. <laughs> yeah, you know? compared to 2024. <laughs> right. Yeah, you look at what's coming down the bay. You look like what's here for home fans. Because the Oklahoma game's taken away. You know, and A&M's it's gone. Nice. And so, like, what what do you get? You get Tech at home. You get a, a K-State. Tech and K-State, you know? who are both, um, you know, picked to, to finish two and four. You play three, which is Oklahoma. TCU's picked to finish five. There You play them in Fort Worth. Baylor's in Waco. And this is the question I have coming out of this. If you look at the preseason poll, I don't know how Texas plays two, three, four, five, and six. Oklahoma <laughs> doesn't play two, three, uh, two, they are three, but two, four, and six. Yeah. I, I don't, how does that happen? It's I mean, the talk of every Big 12 coach I've talked to has like asked me about it. You know, like make it a point, make it a point to like passive aggressively be like, hey, you know anything about that Oklahoma schedule? Like, what's going on with that? Because everybody notices, right? Like the TCU coaches see their schedule, Tech sees their schedule, even Texas sees their schedule, and then looks at Oklahoma and goes like, what? what? Like, how how do they get that? Well, so you would again, think you understand why Texas is scheduled that way. Sure, like, you would think the Big Twelve would just pile right. Exactly. Uh, the fact that they didn't do it to Oklahoma seems weird. Well, I, I looked at the numbers. I mean, te- Oklahoma, because you, you're, you're with 14 teams, you're playing, you know, your nine conference games, you're going to miss four teams, right? So Texas misses like eight, nine, 13, and 14 in the preseason media poll. Oklahoma misses two, four, 
five and six. It's like, wait a second. Uh, that that in, in, to the fact that the other coaches are looking at it, you got to figure because the Big Twelve is going to say, oh, that was just coming out of the like lottery balls. I don't know. We don't control that. Well, BS. But they don't uh, have to play any of the Texas teams other than Texas. Any thoughts on the remaining? I mean, Oklahoma's at three because of that schedule. K State and Texas are the favorites. Texas Tech, who's you know people are bullish with Joey McGuire and all the returning players off an eight win season. Sonny Dykes and TCU. I said on our morning show here in Austin that. Uh, you know, Sonny Dykes is the one pounding things up on bulletin board, saying, "Really, you yeah. guys went? You guys are twelve and zero last year. Beat all these teams. What? Look at y'all. Pick fifth. That's funny." Uh, Dave Aranda lurking, and then of course the mullet at Oklahoma State. Um, you know, Mike Gundy. Anything else jump out to you on the preseason pick? Yeah, the Oklahoma State getting one first place vote was was pretty weird, right? I just wonder if that was a mistake. We'll or be not. We'll, we'll be wandering around Arlington going, "Who is who right?" Voted exactly. For them? Like, show yourself. <laughs> you know, like just explain yourself a little bit. Rise up. Um, you know. The last few years in the Big 12, there's been a team or two that have merged from the middle of the pack. You know, TCU was picked seventh last year. Baylor was two and seven in 2020 before they went on a 12 win team. Like, who is that team that can make a crazy run from like pick six, seventh, eighth to to maybe competing for a, for a Big 12 title? For me, that's UCF. You know, I, I think Central Florida with Gus Malzahn, the talent that they have, they're going to sneak up on some people. Their schedule's not all that awful that either. Offense is hard to get your offense hands around. Offense is weird. Like, it's not one that you see all the time. If there's a team from that, Kansas is another one that, that may emerge as well. Uh, but I think UCF is going to be the best of the newcomers. Uh, I'm excited to see what Houston is. Uh, or maybe nervously excited uh, to see what Houston is. You know, that roster, when I was there in the spring, it was so unsettled that the coaches kind of chuckled anytime I'd ask a question. You know, like, I, you know, call me in June. It's like, well, it's printed in June. You know what I mean? Um, and so, like, when the coaches don't know uh, what their roster is going to look like, you know, it scares you a little bit. But I was there a couple weeks ago, and a lot of the guys they've added to play Big 12 football. You know, they're from Oklahoma or Texas. Donovan Smith, the transfer quarterback from Texas Tech. So yep. a lot of guys on that roster will have played Big 12 football. And this isn't just a Houston question, but we're going to look at Colorado, Texas State, SMU, Houston, a lot of programs who have overturned their roster over a year or two and just see what it is to build a program nowadays because our whole lives – We've been told about continuity and roster building, and it takes three or four years, and you got to build a culture and you got to build a team. Well, with the transfer portal and the unlimited amount of signatures that you can get now, you can turn over a roster in a way that you've never been able to do it before. Will these teams with a bunch of new faces be able to compete right away, or will the old adage hold true to where you know the teams that have kind of built organically end up rising to the top? Uh, ask Deion Sanders at the end of this year how because we've goes. seen in baseball, flip. baseball they bought you know like teams that just got put oh. smashed together went and won World Series championships. Well, that, or went, went LSU, to LSU women's basketball, right? So, my, well, my, is football different? I think football is different. I really do. I think those those are smaller rosters and smaller teams. And like the University of Miami that ran to the Final Four with Jim Laranega beat Texas. Yes, you know you, you had two or three key players. Players, you're right. you're in at Texas even. Um, but yeah, baseball is the same way. Football is interesting. It's another reason why I do favor Texas to win the Big Twelve. They're probably the best mix of homegrown continuity guys that have been around this program for a while. Guys that Sark has recruited. The lot, the guys that lo- the Longhorns lost through the portal were mostly just attrition. Guys that weren't going to play much anyhow. Then they were able to target key players. Like if you look at last year and this year, Isaiah Nayer and Ad Mitchell to go with Jordan Whittington and the X Man. Uh, you know, go get a Jalen Catalan, go get a Gavin Holmes at corner, you know, strategically go after guys you want to target, not just have to go get guys. Uh, I remember Sark saying that, that in year one of the portal, 
know, they were just trying to get bodies. They needed guys to practice. They weren't looking for dudes. They were looking for guys. Now they're looking for dudes and experienced dudes. And, you know, if I, if, if A.D. Mitchell comes in with that championship pedigree and pushes this receiver core to be even better, if Jalen Catalan, uh, you know, the, the, the high-end, if healthy, safety from Arkansas, same kind of thing. I like that for Texas. It's a really feels like a good mix. They're not just throwing everything together. They're adding nice pieces to an already quality roster. Another reason to like Texas. Speaking of Texas, five in our first quarter here, five members of the All-Big 12 preseason team, uh, headlined by Xavier Worthy. The only unanimous selection at wide receiver was uh, was Xavier coming off what was, what was a subpar year for him based on his freshman year, but he's a junior now, healthy with that deep receiving core, hopefully a better chemistry with with uh, the quarterback Quinn Ewers on offense. Also, of course, the, uh, the prodigy at left tackle, Kelvin Banks. Uh, feels like he's on the fast track to the NFL. He's a first team. Surprising he wasn't he wasn't unanimous. I guess enough people weren't paying attention to how good he was last year as a true freshman. Uh, those two are and Jatavion Sanders, three on offense, no quarterback. Jalen Daniels, the Kansas quarterback, is the first team all Q, all Big Twelve QB. But X Man JT and uh, Kelvin Banks on the on the offensive side, you feel pretty good about that. They're right. That's your that's your left tackle. You know, protecting the backside of a high level talented quarterback. Your, your tight end who can be an absolute difference maker and then an elite receiver with other playmakers around him. If they play to an all-Big 12 level, this will be a good offense. Yeah, I mean, if you could pick the spots that you have all conference players, like that's pretty much it, right? Add quarterback who has the potential to be that, you yep. know, if, if he plays up to his standards and the talent around him lives up to the hype. So, yeah, if you're Texas, you're, you know, you're basically putting together like a fantasy roster right now. And I think that's where the expectations come from. I mean, you look at that roster and you just start looking at the spots of where they have the most talent, and that's how you win football games. Big humans and speed and quarterback play. That's right. Sark's MO. And then on defense, two players, Byron Murphy, the third-year man, the high-motor guy that never slows down out of DeSoto, Texas. He's a first-team All-Big 12 player anchoring that defensive line. And then, gosh, Jalen Ford, um, you know, what a, what a pivotal player he is for the Longhorns in the middle. And, you know, here's what I like about the Texas defense. We've talked about their speed on the outside and depth at corner. Terrence Brooks and Ryan Watts and the addition of Gavin Holmes and other guys that can play corner. Man, they're strong up the middle. The, 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 the spine of their defense, you know, there's question about pass rush and edge. But, man, the, the rotation at defensive tackle, especially with the addition of the Minnesota transfer, Trill Carter, to go with Byron Murphy and Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton and Tavondre Sweat, Jalen Ford up the middle, Catalan and and um, you know Gilbo and those safeties up the middle. Gosh, Keaton Crawford has had a good good spring. They're ready to see him go with his speed. You like to be good right up the middle. They look like they really are. Yeah, I mean, if they rush the passer, I mean, yeah, he just listed it all right. And that's not we, Jade Barron at Nichols, one of the one of the better, more versatile. Defensive he'll be in backs. He'll be in Arlington this yeah. week. Yeah, I think he's excellent. Pflugerville, what Conley, I think, yeah, late yeah. late ad out of out of the local area there. Um, you know, so you know they're talented. They're deep. They have some. They have some depth in those places. Like they just have to get after the quarterback. And you know, Baron Sorrell can take another step forward. Anthony Hill. You know, all the talent in the world. I was surprised to see uh, Byron Murphy get voted first team. I mean, you look at his statistics, and they're not there, right? Like he's not on the All Texas College team in the magazine because. How do I put them in front of guys who have had 10, 11 sacks, who have had 60, 70 tackles, who have started a bunch of games, who have played a bunch of snaps? He's going to be asked to do some stuff this year that he hasn't been asked to do. Yeah. I mean, he was high on my Fab 55. Like, I, I think he was excellent coming out of DeSoto. Uh, really good defensive line there with Shamar Stewart, who's, who's at Texas A&M. Uh, but we're going off potential more than uh, past with, with him because we're expecting him to kind of step into a role and be really good. 
No question. No question. Okay, other players on the All-Big 12 team that really stand out to you. Jalen Daniels is a nightmare for defense. He's a two-way player uh, there at Kansas. If it's healthy, Kansas can be a factor. Who other who other, other, other players you look around the Big 12, especially the teams you cover in the state of Texas, best players that uh, uh, we're going to see in college football this year in the state? Yeah, I think they hit most of them. I, w- I was excited that Dominic Williams out of TCU got his love. He's a defensive tackle who started for TCU last year as a true freshman. You know, he he turned 18 during the season wow. and played defensive tackle in the Big 12 uh, for an undefeated team that went and played a national championship game. And those tackles don't always get the love yep. uh, from from media that they should because it can be such a, a stat-driven award. So I was excited uh, that he was there. And then Josh Newton, I think, also a, a TCU player, a really good defensive back. I think he's like a Thorpe Award uh, candidate. He's going to be really good. I was surprised he wasn't unanimous as well. Well, and if, if Jalen Ford's not the best defense player in the in the conference, Johnny Hodges might be yeah. at TCU. Really good player. So again, we just talked about with Texas, TCU really strong off the middle of their defense uh, at nose tackle uh, and, at, and at linebacker. We know Sonny Dykes are replacing his best players across the board. They still have some pretty good, pretty good players, and Sonny is really keen with his staff in that uh, re- that transfer portal to add good players. So uh, for Texas Tech, another team that, that people are high on, uh, Jerron Bradley, the, the receiver out of Frisco. He makes first team all Big 12. Um, you know, you look on the defensive side, Jalen Hutchins, also a defensive lineman from Forney, Texas. He's on that list. So they've got some players for Joey McGuire. And they, what, what Joey McGuire likes is the experience and the depth that they have there, the, the, the experience and depth. A lot of guys who have played a lot of football. Yeah, and, it, and, you know, he'll point to, like, if you look at the teams who have done well over the last couple of years in the Big 12, they're built a lot like Texas Tech is going to be built this year. You know, that Baylor team that won 12 games, uh, was built kind of by Joey McGuire, Matt Rule, and that, that same style of recruiting. But it was an older team, an experienced team that didn't make a lot of mistakes, played good defense, uh, not a lot of turnovers, won close games. TCU last year, Kansas State last year, followed that exact same model. It hasn't always been the sexy teams that have won it lately, right? It hasn't been the most talented teams that have won it lately. It's been the most experienced teams. It's been the best cultured teams. Uh, and he feels like he has that going on in Lubbock. I worry, I had TCU above Texas Tech. I just worry it's too soon. Right, like TCU had 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 success before. You look at those recruiting classes. You look at all the NFL talent that they had on that roster, and you can go back and do a little bit of revisionist history and go like, oh, I should have thought TCU was going to be better. Maybe not twelve and zero better, but nine and three, ten and two, compete for a Big Twelve title better uh, with the amount of talent that they had. Texas Tech's not that. No, you know they haven't had that kind of recruiting success. They don't have the NFL talent. Uh, they, you know, they had a Tyree Wilson, but they don't have seven or eight draft picks coming out of this this team, right? Which TCU did. Uh, which TCU absolutely did. And so Tech is going to – I worry that Joey's infectious personality and how good he is with media wins you over a little bit too much to where you put expectations on a team that's not quite there yet. They should be around Baylor, not around TCU Oklahoma, in my opinion. All right, interesting, because uh, there's a lot of hype out there at Texas Tech. And uh, let's add to the, the fact that you know, you're know you not a surprise anymore, right? Yes. Joey McGuire had a smart – you know, he had to, he moved from Waco to Texas Tech middle of last year, but didn't he was just watching, yeah. evaluating some talent. I, I went and visited him. Yeah, when he was, was he? like when he he had they gave him a, a room like an office up in like the AT and T Stadium headquarters near the SID and stuff, and it was on one of those taped light things. So it's Joey McGuire up there, waving his hands every time it goes dark. You know, he can't talk to the player. He can, but he's not coaching. It was a very funny situation because coaches are such control freaks. Yeah, yeah, he can't do anything. But he got to evaluate his team a little bit, yeah. know where he was weak. Yeah. So evaluate he that, his coaching staff as well. well. Yeah, which you know, a lot of most new new coming coaches in don't get that. They got to go back and watch it on film, but to see it in person uh, and witness it when he moved from from Baylor over to Tech, and, and then you know, you know, all the fourth down conversions. I mean, that was a surprise to the conference. They didn't know that Joey McGuire was going to be the riverboat gambler and be this guy. Uh, you, you know. 
teams catch up with you. That's what you spend your offseason doing, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what was working for Texas Tech. What are we going to take away from this year? That's the challenge of a conference. So you're right, maybe Texas Tech over there skis a little bit. All right, that's our first quarter. That's a good conversation on the preseason All-Big 12 poll. Here on the Eyes on Texas Multicast, uh, brought to you and powered by Grande Equipment. Our first quarter is always presented by our guy, the TexasMortgageGuy.com. Our man, Carlos Carrion. Our first quarter, uh, he closed on time because of him. That's what Carlos Carrion's all about, the TexasMortgageGuy.com. I always say, when it's time for a new mortgage or a refi, some of the biggest decisions you make, always better to work with an expert in the field, of course, uh, like Carlos, but who's a diehard Longhorn fan? Like yourself, a lifelong Austin. I just makes sense. Uh, it's like it's fun to work with like-minded people that you can talk football with and get the mortgage you want, get the rate you're looking for. Uh, TexasMortgageGuy.com is where you'll find him. He's an avid uh, Longhorn fan, listens to the, to the multicast, uh, diehard for sure, uh, pushing a decade in the industry. Not here to just provide you a Quote, he's your guide to help solve financial problems and strategize one of the most important financial decisions of your life. It's a new mortgage, even a refi at this point. Great communicator, fast response times. I'll give you his phone number, 512-769-0552, but easier just to go to the website, thetexasmortgageguy.com. Don't forget the the, thetexasmortgageguy.com. He is Carlos Carrion, brings you our first quarter. All right, second quarter, uh, getting underway here, coming back from that quick timeout, and it's going to be delivered by the Good Times and Incredible Scratch Comfort Food at Hayes City Store and Ice House, and it's a preview of what we're looking for at uh, Big 12 Football Media Days coming up this week in Arlington. And, Mike, uh, I will admit that I'm not going to Big 12 football media days for the first time in years. And it's really just because of timing. We do the morning show here in Austin, 6 in the morning until 10. The schedule for the Big, for the Big 12 is four, seven teams Wednesday, seven more on Thursday, and they're going to start around lunchtime and be done by 7 o'clock. So we'd be sitting in the AT&T Center, Cowboy Stadium, in an empty building doing nothing. So we're not going to go, uh, but I'm going to miss it. Uh, what, are, what are your – is your the reporter that you are? What are the storylines you're – planning to when you get up there and, and see the coaches and the players that are going to be there who are the teams that who are the who are the what are the storylines that you're most looking forward to diving into yeah for me it's, it's going to be a busy one you know there's five teams from the state of texas going to be there four of them go the first day texas tech the only team that's going on the thursday so um you know i'm out for tcu i think they're going first on wednesday just how do you replace the best player from every single position group and that's not hyperbole I mean, they lost their best quarterback, their best running back, their best wide receiver, their best offensive lineman, their best defensive lineman, their best linebacker, their best defensive back. You know, Baylor went from two and seven to twelve and two, and then they dropped down to six and seven. Can TCU avoid that big drop off? I think that's the biggest question for them. And then, what is success? Right? Like, did the did the floor become the ceiling? Did the ceiling become the floor? Where you know, twelve and zero now is the standard. Whereas, you know, obviously you're not going to go undefeated every year. But does TCU fan base expect a Big Twelve championship or bus type mentality? You know, or or are they understanding with an eight and four, nine and three type season? You know, Texas Tech we talked about a little bit uh, in the first quarter. Just how do they handle these newfound expectations? Last year was the first time they've had a five hundred or better record in the Big Twelve since Mike Leach was the head coach there. And now all of a sudden they're the fourth pick in the Big 12 and right behind, you know, the obvious top 3 of Texas, Kansas State, Oklahoma. How do they go about handling that? How do they go from the hunted to the or the hunter to the hunted uh, and those expectations for a team, you know, a program that's just never had that type of type of success. You know, Baylor it's the roller coaster. You know, you go 2 and 7, 12 and 2, 6 and 7, like what are you under Dave Aranda? Uh year 4 is going to be very important. Is he on the hot seat yeah. if, if they go for a losing season 3 out of the next 4 years? You know, what can Houston do in year one and what is success? Yeah. Is six and six enough for Dana Holgerson to get another year? Eight and four. How do the how do the players feel 
uh, about all this kind of stuff. And then we talked a lot about Texas in quarter one, just their maturity and ability to handle, you know, kind of going from always talented, but but maybe, you know, kind of considered not good enough at the right positions to, you know, y'all could go play for a college football playoff spot, right? Like that, that Alabama, that's where the expectations are. You play close are. with Alabama, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you go 10 and 2, if you go 11 and 1, right, and then win the Big 12 championship, you're in. Like that, that you're in. And so, um, you know, with TCU going last year, with Kansas, with with Kansas State went like what what does Texas do with that? I think for me, those you know, and obviously I'm pretty Texas centric, but those sure. those are the ones I'm looking for. Yeah, looking forward to that. I mean, and uh, you know, as you say, four of the five on day one, Texas is bringing their quarterback Quinn Ewers, so that's going to be a you know headline maker, the gathering, the throng of people to talk to Quinn and a new haircut, and I'm sure he'll be asked about the body pick that went out with all the Texas quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> but for the first <laughs> time since 2019, that. the Longhorns are bringing a QB. Um, that was smart say, of him, by the way, <laughs> to have the weight in his hand to make him oh, look yeah. a little bit a little bit bigger with, yeah, with some yeah. of those dudes that were in that line with him. Malik yeah. Murphy's a freak. Texas Tech. Oh, Malik Murphy looks like a defensive end. Dude, that's <laughs> Come insane. on. That's right. I'm sure I'm sure Sark will be asked about that yeah, because he, it was Malik he could Mur- be the edge rusher. Yeah. You're looking for the edge rusher. What is yeah. your mood putting him over there? He wants to be a quarterback. But uh, Malik looking, you know, if to po- can you post that picture on our, yeah, on our we'll after post? Uh, we'll get that to you, Griffin, and we can post that up for folks who have not seen it. I'm sure you have by now. But the biceps on Malik Murphy, impressive. Uh, you know, somebody will ask Quinn. Anybody arm wrestle that guy? Anybody? Yeah. Anybody getting any, any dust I mean, up with Malik? Not only Malik, but Arch looks shredded too. Yeah, like, yeah. for Arch. an eighteen-year-old kid, he's shredded. He, you know, he he's he's he, he works out. He likes to go out on the lake yeah. on the boats and things. He's got that he's boat got some body. Good uh, good genetics. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, his uncles never looked like that. I don't think. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> oh man. But Quinn will be there. Also, Texas Tech is bringing Tyler Shuck along with Taj Brooks, their running back, and Jerron Bradley, their first-team All receiver, All Big Twelve receiver. Uh, TCU is not bringing a quarterback. It's a little bit surprised that Chandler Morris won't be there. Uh, you kind of feel like he's the guy who won it last year, Max Duggan. You surprised that Sonny not bringing Chandler? No, I don't know if he wants him to face all those questions. Like, how do you replace a Heisman runner-up? You know, I think they have enough guys that have played in a national championship game that you want to reward those guys for coming back. And, you know, you just let – Chandler's going to get talked to enough, yeah. right? Like, he's going to have enough time. You know, I think it's like Quinn last year. Just protect him from the big hordes of media. It's not as big at TCU. You're not going to get 50-person scrums like you do at Texas or Texas A&M. Let him ease into being the starter. Well, that'll be interesting coming off of – because, you know, it's a standalone thing. It's all-star break in baseball. Be a lot of media there. Oh, and, yeah. and TCU all of a sudden becomes kind of a nit deal. Hey, y'all played for the championship last year. That Georgia game didn't go great. They may get a little bit more attention than you're used to, which I think you mentioned. But uh, Houston not bringing a quarterback because I don't know if they have one. It's going to be Donovan Smith, uh, the Texas Tech transfer. Uh, you know those guys always. Blake Shapin will be there for Texas for Baylor, and Dave Aranda when we cover them this week for Big Twelve football media. I think nine of the fourteen teams are bringing a quarterback, including Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma. Uh, K State will bring uh, uh, the, the, their 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 guy Will Howard who helped them win the Big Twelve last year. So it's gonna be fun. It's two days. What's your overall having covered it many times? What is your your vibe? I I, I like going up and doing the radio show because we just have guys sit down and you get to know players and they're kind of in a loose environment. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the the podium stuff and the you know built out Q and A, but it's just part of the process. I get it, but I love doing radio row and getting those natural conversations with coaches and players. Won't get to do that this year, but I know our afternoon shows will on the horn, which we're excited about. What's your what's your favorite and least favorite things about media days? I mean, my least favorite thing sometimes is my favorite thing. It's like how dumb some of the questions are. <laughs> yeah. You know, like just some, it's like how did you how do you have the confidence to like ask for the mic in that room and ask such dumb of a question? You know, I, that's what's amazing to me sometimes uh but my favorite thing is like it's it's a reunion 
You know, you haven't seen those guys. Some Media of them, members too. Right for us, like that you know, I, I haven't seen a lot of those people since you know maybe the national championship game or the Big Twelve championship game for some. And so, you know, you kind of get in a room, you get to see everybody, you're writing the same stories, and you know, you're talking about what you've heard, kind of catching up on gossip, you know, like off record stuff, and uh, seeing if everybody's stories match up and what you've been told. And so that that's what I enjoy the most is kind of a little sports writer reunion. There you go. Yeah, you know. They have a nice little happy hour every now and again, and it's kind of cool in the Big 12. It's Jerry and Jerry world, and that place is always awe-inspiring when you're walking around the the uh, the, the size of that place. And, uh, I, you know, last year, I, you know, we used to pick out new things. Cliff Kingsbury always was the, the sharp-dressed man and smelling good. Uh, interesting first year with Brett Venables. Brett Venables is like a walking Red Bull. This guy is... Yeah. Jacked. Wow. Uh, yeah. You know, if, I, you, you, if, you're, if you're in the media and you're going to ask Brett Venables a question... Get ready. It's going to be a bit. I mean, pack a lunch, get ready for his answer, because it's going to go for a while. He, he kind of talks like Rick Barnes used to, the basketball coach at Texas. There's just no pause. There's no periods. There's, there's a lot of agains, 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 and they're going to go again and then again, and they go everywhere. So I, Brett Venables, he's under some pressure. The schedule we talked about, you know, Oklahoma fan base is smart enough and intelligent enough football-wise to know we got an easy schedule. Um, that, was a good, that was a funny qualifier. Oh, you like that? <laughs> Football wise, <laughs> football wise, yeah, uh, they know their football and they know this is an easy schedule. And they know last year was bad. And they see what Lincoln Riley's doing, yes. at USC. You yeah, know? yeah, and it's just like if any breakup, you want to win it. And they lost the first year of that breakup, right? Yes. Like Lincoln Riley bounced back much better than they did. The rebound was better for Lincoln Riley, and so well, and then like, Bob Stoops won the XFL championship. Right. Bring back Bob. <laughs> exactly. So you know, yeah, I think he is facing pressure because that that fan base doesn't know anything other than winning. You know, and last year wasn't that. You're not going to do it two years in a row. Well, if they lose, if they have a bad year this year with this schedule, or even a mediocre seven and five, eight and four, they're going to be scared, blankless going into the SEC. I think Oklahoma. If we like put a lineup of the perennial powers in college football, and you asked which one is in the most trouble in the modern world of college football, Oklahoma is pretty high up on that list. There's not a huge NIL support system in Oklahoma. It's a Norman, Oklahoma. That's going to be hard to pull off, right? Uh, the transfer portal is harder and harder to keep guys there long-term and develop them behind the scenes. It's The SEC is going to get crowded quickly. And so what is Oklahoma in five or ten years? I, I think we may have seen like the – you know, the top end of what they could be, and they're going to maybe go into what Texas went in for the last 13 or 14 years. It, it's, well, it's a possibility for sure. And I know they're thinking about it, and Bob Stoops went on radio to try to dis- dispute some of that t- chatter that's out there nationally. And I agree with you. I mean, Bob Stoops went on and said, well, we've got Dallas. We can recruit Dallas. We're only three hours from, from a Metroplex. We're good. Well, A&M recruits Dallas. Texas is going to recruit Dallas. The whole Big 12 is going to recruit Dallas. You're not going to get your – just like you have the cream of the crop out of Dallas like it was before. Uh, yeah, and, and then, you know the competition wraps, ramps up, which is why I think, you know, Texas has to win this year to prove that Sark's on the path. He's, they've got to put up a double-digit win season. But at that point, if they if Texas wins this Big 12, they you would argue that Sark has it going into the big tw- into the SEC the way you want to be. You want to go in with talent, depth. You can recruit coast to coast. You become an it program with guys like Arch Manning, keeping Malik Murphy, building this culture. Uh, Brett Venables, this is a big year for him. I mean, we've gone all the reasons why. He needs to put some wins. Even if it's on an easy schedule, uh, they need to be in the mix or else, because we saw it here at Texas, it can slide real fast. Yeah. 
where you you get passed up pretty quick. Uh, that's your second quarter. Big 12 Media Days Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, you know, Mike's not going to be on the show next week. We'll have a very special guest host, but we're going to record something ahead of it because I want to get your eyewitness accounts. We have that on our, our edition next week. Uh, we'll put that together with our engineering team over here so we have that because I want. I know you can't be here next Monday night. You're going to like AAC at Media Days, right? No, well, next Monday is Texas Coaching School. Oh, like, San Antonio. It, you know, no, it's in Houston this year. Okay. Um, but, yeah, that's like for Dave Campbell's, that's one of our, you know, other than the state high school championships may be our biggest biggest event that we have going on. So that, And then the week after that is AAC Media Days. American Athletic Conference. Welcome in UTSA, UTSA. Rice, and North Texas. There you go. Plus SMU. So we hey, got four in there. Second quarter, uh, appreciate our friend Travis Tindall and the team at Hayes City Store and Ice House, the good times and incredible scratch food. They're going to help our horn radio station here in Austin get up there for Big 12 Media Days, one of our, uh, our main travel partner and sponsor uh, to be up there. Hayes City Store open for business every single day, ready to serve you and your family. They're open every day and offering this. What a great time. I say a destination location in Driftwood, Texas. If you live in Kyle or you know, Buda, uh, Dripping Springs, Wimberley. You already know this. You're there all the time like I am. Uh, but it's worth it on these summer days, July, even though it's hot. They've got the ice house and the fans blowing. Uh, live music six nights a week on the on the stage there. Hayes City Store and Ice House becoming famous for their made-from-scratch uh, Texas comfort food, uh, wood-fired pizzas, house-ground burgers, the Truck stop enchiladas are to die for. The chicken fried steak is legendary. 53 beers on tap and so much more. It's in Driftwood, but really left to, left to Driftwood. Get out there towards uh, Wimberley and Kyle. Uh, that little point there. Uh, one, it's 8989 FM 150 in Driftwood, Texas. Hey, City Store and Ice House. Find their complete mouthwatering menu and pictures and all the details online at HayCityStoreTX.com. Trust me, even if you have to drive a ways to get there, you'll you'll contact me and say, thanks, E. That was worth the trip. It is phenomenal. All right, halftime. Halftime it is. And as we say, now, again, during the season, we're going to have a, a very special guest every halftime. I know we keep telling you this, uh, but I did on our morning show, I wanted to mention this, and our halftime is always going to be brought to you by One Source Gas, your one-stop shop in Central Texas for all gas products, uh, compressed gas, CO2, everything, and he will tell you about them coming up. But I had a great conversation last week in studio, Mike, with Deontay Tucker-Dorsey. And, you know, one-year linebacker from James Madison, and I know we've had plenty of NIL conversations, but what a conversation with DeMonte. If you want to talk about a poster kid for what the transfer portal, what NIL, what college athletics can be, this is the guy. I mean, he was at James Madison, Division II level, FCS level, was a tackling machine there, kind of an undersized linebacker. We we saw him when he was at Texas, we're number two, you know, put his name in the transfer portal. He had more attention than he thought. He, th- he said he thought he was going to Central Florida. And uh, wasn't sure. And then all of a sudden he gets all these offers. Texas was looking for linebacker depth. You know, there's, there's some big uh, SEC schools that came after him. And all of a sudden he had options. And he came to Texas, fell in love with it. Uh, you know, he talked about how when he was in, during COVID and they weren't playing football, he was selling Cutco knives. He's selling cutlery. And he won <laughs> his region. He sold more knife sets than anybody else in his region back in Virginia. And he said, man, I'm going to be a salesman. That's what I'm going to be when I get done with football. And it was really great. But he came here. NIL, and the one thing we always tell you, we had Quan Cosby in here as a special guest a few weeks ago, and he talked about the NIL opportunities to bring these student-athletes together with the power of the, the alumni base at Texas. And what do you know? I mean, uh, DeMonte Tucker-Dorsey meets um, Gary Keller, uh, the head of Keller Williams Realty, largest real estate company in the, in the world, and they make a bond. And, you know, next thing you know, he's – he told a story that in January of last year, he had to decide if he was going to go to this lower-level bowl game that may have gotten him you know, on some NFL draft radars or go to this one meeting with Gary Keller to meet him. 
And he said, you know, as a, I had to mature and I had to make a decision. At 5'10", 210 pounds, am I going to play linebacker in the NFL or should I go to this meeting and sit down with Gary Keller? He went, met Gary Keller. Now he's doing real estate in Austin. Uh, Gary Keller has taken him under his wing. And those are cool stories, right? And you know very well, as we've talked about with Quan and many others, that just used to not happen. You weren't allowed. Boosters weren't allowed to meet with players. Um, it, it was a wall that was built that's come down. I know it needs fixed. I know it needs help. But, you know, when, when you hear what's going on with the Texas One Fund and the Clark Field Collective and some of these others, it really is great that these kids are getting – these young athletes are getting out in the community, meeting the right people that – you know they can they can help them for the rest of their lives network like and use this place like it needs to be used by them. We talk a lot about the cash that goes into the players' pockets, but it's as much the connections. Yes, um, and and that's what college is for. Like college is to springboard you into whatever life that you're going into, right? And, and if you're a football player, you have that cachet and you can get in front of those people. That's the whole point. Like good for you. And so I, I think there's more of those stories than than get told because that's not a story that a lot of people will click on. Right. right. If if a million people clicked on that story and read it, we'd write 30 of them. Yeah. You know, but they don't. They they click on the this guy got three million dollars and was left out to dry story, uh, you know, and so that's what we write. And so, you know, a lot of it's consumer, you know, uh, practices and, and what gets clicks and what doesn't. Uh, but I, I think there's a lot of Tucker Dorsey stories going on in college football. You know, I was at Houston a couple of weeks ago and they were talking about how, how valuable it is to get guys in front of Mattress Mac. And just let them talk about business and how you get started and what it's like to be 22 and what to look for and what not to look for. Like that's more valuable than ten thousand dollars. There's an internet meme, you know. It's like, would you take a million dollars or dinner with Jay Z? Because like dinner with Jay Z can teach you how to make more than a million dollars. I don't know if it's as as that, right? Uh, but I do think it's a very valuable valuable part of NIL that doesn't get talked about a lot. Yeah, I think it was Quan Cosby who said, "I didn't look at playing football at Texas as a as a bankroll. I saw it as an annuity." Yeah. And he was going to take advantage of it, and it's going to pay off over the long haul. Uh, and Tucker Dorsey and others are a great example of it. So if you're down on NIL, I get it. Uh, but at the same time, there's really good stuff happening because a lot of it's done charitably. A lot of it connects people. To your point, I couldn't agree more. You go to college to a, get the education, but then network and as a springboard. I got paid in college. You no, know, so did I. And as a springboard into, not a lot, the springboard no. into what no. you wanted to do, right? Well, again, but had I been good at something, think about I could that. Have if we all agree that we went to college for that education, the experience, and the springboard, athletes were not allowed to get on the springboard because yep. they weren't allowed to meet with, separate them, don't yep. meet them. Average Joe's on campus, good. Uh, you could go meet people and important people. They weren't allowed, and now they are. Uh, and it's and if the numbers tell you they're only four, five percent, three percent that'll ever go pro. What about those 97 percent? Why aren't you letting them meet the people? Well, now they are because they can make it a springboard into something great. Because uh, how many times do we see athletes who come out of college and now what am I going to do? Yeah. I got this education thing. Yes, I got a degree, but I don't know anybody, and uh, I'm not playing for them anymore, so they don't answer my calls. You know, it's one of those things. I, I think it's, a, it's something to, to follow because NIL is new, Portal new. And I think there are stories to be told. Uh, those are the kind of stories we're going to tell and talk about on our halftime segments once the season begins with actual players and in real time. One Source Gas brings us halftime. It is your Texas compressed gas leader. One Source provides compressed gases such as CO2, nitrogen, oxygen, propane, many more to various industries throughout the great state. They started right here in Austin, but they've expanded. They're in San Marcos and San Antonio and growing every day. They're the industry leader. Uh, they are the leader for CO2. So if you're in the service and hospitality industry, bar owner, restaurants, uh, they service that big time. 
time, also medical industry. Uh, they are locally owned, operated, have been for a dozen years. They understand the exceptional customer service is the key to your success. Hey, you need your gas. You gotta, your tap's got to be working. you got to be able to get your, your stuff going, uh, and they make sure you're there to help run your business smoothly. So if you're a bar owner, restaurant owner, dental office, veterinary clinic, any of those above, make sure, and you know if you're using CO2 or compressed gas and you need your provider, upgrade it with OneSourceGasATX.com. That's OneSourceGasATX.com, and call my buddy Richard, 214-8484. That's 512-214-8484. Just go online, OneSourceGasATX.com, and they will take care of you. Tell them you heard them on the Eyes on Texas multi Cast. Third quarter, always brought to you by On Point Spice Company, and they're on point here through the barbecue season in the summertime. We'll tell you about the uh, rubs and spices they've got for you, but uh, it is third quarter time, which means our hot, spicy college football takes delivered by our digital producer, the man in the ponytail. What do we got going there? The, the, the hair bun today a little bit. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Nolan Hogan is here. What's up, Nolan? What's up? I got, uh, so Mike is currently writing his top 50 most important players list for the Dave Campbell's Texas football website, and that kind of brought the idea of these two questions. The first one being top five most important players on the Texas roster heading into 2023. Ooh, top five most important, most not important, best. Not best, yeah. most important. So you're writing a, a story which I think is really intriguing, the most 100 most important players. 50 most important. Or 50, I should 50 say. most important. You're trying to give me more work over Sorry, there. Sorry, nah. Let's go 100. Uh, let's go, Mike. I'm like your editor. Uh, Mike, let's go 100. Right. We need more well, pages. Because Friday is 50 days until... The until week one. Oh, there you and go. So we're gonna nice release. We're gonna you know we're gonna release the the first ten uh, on the fifty days, and so uh, kind of looking around the state, trying to include because if we go best, it turns into a list of Texas and Texas A and M players with a couple other P five teams sprinkled in there. If we go most important, you can include Sam Houston, Rice, Texas State in the same list as A and M, Texas, Texas Tech, TCU, like that. and so uh, that's the way we're gonna approach it. Here are my top five most important Texas players. Uh, number five, I have Jalen Catalan. I think his ability to stay healthy and get into that defensive backfield and to provide some leadership and another you know experienced guy next to Jaron Thompson uh, really helps that safety group when he's been held. I mean he was an All SEC type talent, so he can come in here uh, really transform impact player in the yeah, back end. Yeah, he can he can really stabilize back there, uh, be a playmaker. I have Byron Murphy at number four, uh, just because his evolution and his step forward if he can become a first team all big 12 performer not just a preseason pick but a real first team all big 12 performer they're not going to lose a step uh, at the interior of the defensive line he's going to be you know really good kelvin banks number three obviously i know the offensive line is really deep and they have guys that can that can move around and play uh, but none of them can play left tackle Right. I mean, he played against a lot of really good defensive ends last year, including like two of the top four picks uh, in the NFL draft. And you didn't hear about them in those games. And so his ability to play left tackle, stabilize that position and let the other four guys go do whatever they need to do to keep Quinn Ewers uh, upright, I think is going to be really important. I have Quinn Ewers at two. I think a lot of people maybe, you know, put him at one. I have him at two. I don't think he has to be a Heisman Trophy winner, uh, but he needs to be not bad. You know, like he needs to not make the mistakes. I'd he say needs Quinn to... from the uh, Washington game in the bowl game. If he plays like that this year, Texas would be really good. Yeah, he wasn't the reason they lost. You know, had some drops. He didn't. He missed some throws early in that game, but he he had a good game in that game. Uh, everything else wasn't very good around him. If he plays like he did in the bowl game and builds on that, Texas will be fine. Yeah, and then number one, I have Jalen Ford. He does. He he's he's the guy who makes everything go <laughs> defensively. He led the team in tackles and fumble recoveries and forced fumbles and interceptions. He did everything and he did them all at the big times. Doing it again, though, he didn't have the expectations last year. He got to be the guy next to DeMarvion Overshone, uh, didn't get all the attention, not only just from the media and the fans, but from other offenses, right? Like this year, he's going to be that focal point of the Texas defense, one that the quarterback's looking for, the center's looking for, everything's built around. Can he back that up with another big season? 
I would agree. Um, the only place I will re-rank them is I would put Jalen Ford one, and I would also add to it that the drop from if he's off the field to the next guy is pretty far. Because who is it, right? right. Is, is it David Benda? Is it Jet Bush? Is it – and that is, man. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, if you put Quinn Ewers, you know, I think you'd win games with Malik Murphy. I think yeah. you feel like you could. You haven't seen it yet. And Kelvin Banks I'll put two for the same reason because I always look at, at offensive lines like bullpens and baseball. If you have the closer locking it down, which is your left tackle – Everything kind of falls in line around, especially with the experience they have at right tackle, center, and the depth that they've got in the middle. You lose banks, man, it just kind of, it's like your bullpen wobbles, and you're like, man, how are we going to get those final three outs? How are we going to, you know, it's so hard to replace that guy because that's the, the hardest position on the offensive line and most important. So I think those two, but everything else I agree with 100%. Uh, and I, I would early in the year for sure. I'd say Jonathan Brooks. I mean, I don't, I think you you could be in a problem if Jonathan Brooks were to get hurt, and you have to rely on a CJ Baxter or uh, you know these you know Keenan Keelan Keelan Robinson who is going to be. We know they are missing Bijan and Roshan. Uh, Jonathan Brooks really needs to stay healthy, be a big factor early and a leader in that that running back room. I think over the course of a season you'll see some other guys emerge, but. First four or five games, they need they need uh, Jonathan Brooks to be that experienced veteran who's ready to take the take the baton from those those two studs that are going to be playing on Sundays now. But love that look that will be out on digital. Yeah, we did TexasFootball.com. Uh, Friday we'll do we'll do them in tens, right? So with fifty days left, which is Friday, we'll put out fifty through forty one. When there's forty days left until week one, we'll put out forty to thirty one, et cetera, et cetera, uh, to get down to kickoff. All right, count them down. Fifty days as of Friday. Fifty days as of Friday to week one. We're going to come up with our favorite all-time Longhorn number 50 coming up. Okay, can we do that? Or should we do – if it's 50 on Friday, that makes on a Monday it's 54 days to Texas football. Well, do- no, it would be down. It would be like 47 days, you know, 50 Friday. So okay. by the time – but today's episode 12, so we had to come up with the ne- well, best number McCoy, 12. right? Yeah, or Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas. Yeah, Colt. Yeah, probably Colt. Probably <clears> episode <throat> 12 is Colt McCoy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Earl Thomas is a better football player. True. Colt McCoy, better Texas career. He'll be, More I, I hear Bill Texas Little career. now. Longhorn legend today, yeah. Colt McCoy. No. Uh, <laughs> Nolan, do you also have another follow-up question to Mike's top 50? Yes, this one kind of leads towards more towards Mike with his background covering the great state, whole state. Um, these, the great state. The great right. state of Texas. Um, the single most important players for these remaining four Texas teams, Texas Tech, TCU, Baylor, and Houston. Uh, for Texas Tech, I'm going to go Jalen Hutchings, uh, defensive tackle. We talk about the offense with Texas Tech. I think we're still in the Mike Leachian era. You know, even Zach Kittley as the offensive coordinator, we expect them to put up a lot of points. But I think Texas Tech's ability to get into the Big 12 title contention is going to be if they can get their defense to be above average. Uh, it starts up front. Jalen Hutchings might be the best defensive tackle uh, in the state. Uh, he's really good up front. Him and Tony Bradford make a really good one-two combination up there. So if they can win the trenches, Texas Tech can be really good. For TCU, to me, it's Josh Newton. I still come from the school of if you can make defensive football 10-on-10, 10 10, you have a huge advantage. And if Josh Newton can be the lockdown corner that takes away the number one receiver in the Big 12 where there's a lot of really good number one receivers, uh, that makes that TCU defense even better. They're going to score points. Sonny Dykes, when he coaches football, the offense scores points. Like That's just historic. Even when he was at Cal, you know they, they put up top, top five uh, scoring offenses. So I don't worry about Chandler Morris in the offensive side of the ball. Uh, for me, it's the defense. For Houston, I have Matthew Golden. Uh, when, you know, Dana Holgerson's kind of the same, right? He was a wide receiver coach for Mike Leach, the same way Sonny Dykes was. They tend to have number one wide receivers that collect a lot of uh, balls. 
it was Tank Dell. Somebody has to replace those targets. Matthew Golden was a four-star kid who wouldn't be at Houston if they weren't going to the Big 12. He came there to do this, uh, so I think he's going to have a big year. Uh, and then I think that leaves Baylor. Um, and for Baylor, you know, for me, it's pretty easy. It's Richard Reese. You know, I know that's not a very complicated answer, uh, but they want to run the football. They're never going to be the offense that scores 40 points a game. They're not going to throw it 50 times a game. They're going to play defense. They're going to run the football. They're going to do the wide zone stuff, and they're trying to beat people up. Uh, Richard Reese was excellent as a true freshman, absolutely amazing as a true freshman. If he can be more durable, can handle more carries as a sophomore, uh, Baylor's offense is going to be really good again. Love those. I really, I mean, those are on point. I mean, that really is, you know, as we talk about on point spice company, <laughs> those are on point. I mean, those are really, really good. Uh, so is on point spices. I can tell you that right now. And they bring you our third quarter, which are our spicy hot takes, and we appreciate them so much. Uh, listen, when you're talking spices, and this, you know, you have your Tony Shashery sometimes, you have your variety of things that you do, but I can tell you, this is this is homegrown with On Point Spice Company, a small, a small local business here in Central Texas, started by my guys James Joseph and Adrian Ruiz, and they produce top quality. It's so good, and every time they have a barbecue, every time they have people over, like, man, what is this spice you're using? You need to, to market that, and they said, you know what, let's try it. Uh, and now you can try it. Their top pr- uh, produce and products are their quality spice blends, an absolute must in every home, uh, especially now that summer grilling season here in smoking season and you know what's coming up tailgate season and see they're great opportunities they have two on the market right now that are available to you they're incredible top shelf steak and more at on point it's the last steak seasoning you're ever going to need phenomenal on fillets ribeyes sirloins t-bones or whatever cut of meat you're going to go to and go with also fantastic on veggies uh, other things you can try it on anything it really is tremendous and then the other great rub that they have going on right now their other product is the ar barbecue Pitmaster rub and Adrian Ruiz is a grandmaster champion in the pit. He's uh, And this rub has taken 20 years in the making. He's tinkered with it and toyed with it and finally has it perfect and ready to take it to market into your pit and your spice rack. It's perfect on brisket and chicken and ribs and pork shoulder, whatever meat you are smoking. It is the AR Barbecue Pitmaster Rub. It's also pretty awesome. They've discovered on the rim of your favorite Bloody Mary the uh, the day after your your party or on the morning of a tailgate. Can't beat it. Get you some today. They've got a great special going on. Twenty percent off here through the Fourth of July. Uh, you know, Father's Day was before that. They really want you to take advantage of it and try it out. It's onpointspices.com. All one word. Onpointspices.com. Get you some today. Uh, James and Adrian would appreciate you trying it out because uh, I, pr- I promise you, once you start using it at your barbecues and your tailgates. It's going to take off like crazy. Everybody's going to want it. Uh, it's onpointspices.com. And that's going to bring us to our fourth quarter, which is presented by Access Discount Healthcare, created by pharmacists to offer you a Netflix-style monthly subscription service to significantly cut your prescription drug costs. I know it sounds too good to be true, but it's absolutely true, and we're going to tell you about it coming up. But our fourth quarter is always our four big conversations uh, that we have not hit so far. So our four big college football conversations that we have to have before we get out of here on Episode 12. And that starts with recruiting. For Steve Sarkeesian, I want to get your thoughts, Mike, on, you know, we now know that Sark has this, this pattern, right? They're going to be... Texas fans will be panicking in about June 1. We only have one commitment. Why do we only have one commitment? What's going on with our recruiting? Are we not recruiting? Uh, what are we doing? Uh, but since June 1, they've added now 12 commitments to the class of 2024, uh, the latest being a kid who took who chose Texas over Alabama. Uh, and, and you know, this is this is a big get because you know, Alabama, it was, a, it was a Texas commitment as a sophomore, decommitted, reopened his commitment, but then said, you know what? I still want to go to Texas, uh, and he's coming in. He's from Dangerfield, Texas. His name is Aaron Hampton, uh, spelled A-E-R-Y-N. Aaron Hampton is in. Um, he goes by Bubba, Bubba Hampton. You know anything about this uh, young safety, ride receiver, kick returner, does everything. Yeah, a really good athlete. And and that's what 
you know, it's positionless football, right? Like this kid can play both ways. You know, he plays at a smaller school where he's able to do that. I, I would imagine he ends up at wide receiver, a slot receiver. He's so good with the football. It's just hard for me uh, to see him not playing offense. But there's so much talent offensively coming into Texas that he's a guy that if he gets there and it's too crowded or you know maybe he he ends up wanting to play defensive back that there's a there's an easier route you know maybe to the NFL there you know on that side of the football but you know for me it's it's all about talent collection we get so caught up in all these individual players when half of them may not be here in five to seven years or five to seven years in two to three years uh, but you want to collect enough to where if 25 30 percent of them do leave you still have a really talented roster we've seen you know a bunch of guys leave but Texas has a really talented roster too um, and, and, you know, I think your point was great. Recruiting the overreaction in June is always silly, right? It's like it's like people forget how this thing works every single time. Right now, Texas is ranked 22nd in the nation. They'll end up with a top 15, top 10 class. It just depends on how many scholarship offers they want to give uh, to the high school kids this cycle. Uh, but they're looking really good. And, and to me, the thing that stands out is how many out-of-state guys that they're having success with. You know, two guys from IMG. I know one of them is a Texas native, uh, but two guys from IMG out in Florida. I think they have three uh, Florida commits, two Arizona commits. So really a national brand. And as you go into the SEC, you should be able to cherry pick outside the state as much as you can. Uh, also, all through the 4th of July holiday, they were adding commitments. I mean, they had Parker Livingstone commit, uh, Jordan Johnson, Rubel. Parker Livingstone's a kid, a wide receiver, four-star player. Jordan Johnson, Rubel, who was one of those IMG kids from Fort Worth originally. Um, you know, they also got an Alex January commitment from Duncanville. And that's a good interest one because Alex January, a legacy, his father played at Texas. But that Duncanville pipeline, yeah. I mean, and Sark... Uh, hired a, a guy who, t- who does a defensive end school up there in the Metroplex and works with Colin Simmons and a bunch of these guys in South Dallas. On he's a, a Jacques Smith who you played in the National Football League, played at Missouri. He's now opened this, you know, in it's called Trench Warfare. It's a it's a you know defensive lineman and offensive lineman can- uh, school mm-hmm. like they have quarterback schools. And Sark has hired him as an advisor to come in and help develop players, but also further build that Duncanville. South, South Oak Cliff, DeSoto, South Dallas pipeline, especially with a guy like Colin Simmons. He, he's that big of a commitment. Yeah, I mean, Chris Gilbert really laid the groundwork there and that South Dallas triangle, that land, you know, former Lancaster head coach that's now a tight end coach at North Texas. Losing him as the high school director, uh, you know, that, that created a hole. And how do you kind of get into South Dallas? Uh, and, and I think adding those pieces. And then now you have enough guys on the roster that when January comes and visits, you know, he knows some of these guys, right? Like there's a, South Oak Cliff. Uh, Cedar Hill, Duncanville, like they're 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 separated by like five miles. Yeah. You know, like they're right next to each other. All these guys know each other, uh, and that that's a for, fertile fertile recruiting ground. That when Texas has been good, it's because they've had a great combination of Dallas and Houston. I love when that. Texas has slipped up, it's because they're not recruiting one of those cities really well right now. It seems like they're doing doing both pretty well. They're trying to dig trenches into t- into Houston better as well. That's it seemed like it seemed the Aggie country right now. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, but you know you, you got to win cyclical. some games. And you get there. Uh, so those are the recruiting. It's sitting at 12 for the Longhorns right now, or 13. 13 is the number. And as Mike said, it's silly. Colin Simmons is the one that really it can be a game-breaker for Texas uh, on the defensive end side. And they bring in this uh, Jaquez Smith to, to, to be a part of the team. And the, the coaching staff uh, helps you in development and helps you potentially in recruiting. And I, I love how you say that, that these guys all know each other. So yeah. when you come on a visit, it's like, oh, man, it's good yeah. to see you. What's up? Yeah. And uh, they'll tell you the truth. It's like you've known them since you were ten years old. Like you know their brother, you know their cousin, you know their, you know. It's like you'll tell them, like, hey, yeah, this is what it. They say that it is, or hey, what's this school telling you? They told me this thing too, and I know so and so. Like it's all a connection game. Like the recruits recruit guys more than the coaches do. 
And we'll get to this in our final story here coming up. But uh, if there's Northwestern kind of stuff going on, they'll tell you that too. You're right. <laughs> right. Uh, which, Hopefully. Uh, real quick on a couple other sports, uh, you know, if you're, if you're taking it in, it, it happened on Monday. Uh, David Pierce. I kind of thought this could happen on the baseball side. David Pierce has gone through back-to-back pitching coaches. Sean Allen was let go and then Woody Williams for a year. And I remember, you know, when you were around David Pierce a lot, it's almost like he's trying to find somebody who coaches pitching like he would. I want you. I want because he remember when Rice was going to the College World Series. David Pierce was the mm-hmm. pitching coach, yeah. and so he knows pitching. It's his specialty. Wayne Graham was the head coach. He was the pitching coach. He's the head coach now, and I think he's gotten to the point where you know what? I'm just going to coach the damn pitchers. I'm just going to coach the pitchers because uh, I can't find somebody that coaches them like I want them coached. So I'm going to do it. Uh, but he had to bring in some 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 firepower to do that. And the, the I think the exciting thing for Longhorn baseball in the program is Troy Tulowitzki's coming back. Uh, Troy Tulowitzki. Who did you know was there last year? I think he misses the game. He's coming back. He's going to be in a special development role to help develop players, build their workouts, get them on the track. Where you know Troy Tulowitzki is an absolute dirtbag for college baseball. Uh, he worked his way into a top ten pick out of Long Beach State. His family now lives in Austin since he's retired from a tremendous major league baseball career. And Troy's back on the staff. He's made some sh- other shuffles on his coaching staff, so that's going to allow David Pierce to really hone in on the pitching. And I'll say this, uh, we are now on a Monday. We've had the first two days of the amateur draft. And to this point, uh, LeBaron Johnson Jr., uh, Tanner Witt have not been drafted. So uh, there's a very good chance that both of those guys can come back to Texas next year. Tanner Witt didn't do enough to show enough, but he still has a top uh, first-round draft pick kind of arm if he's healthy. We know he's coming off Tommy John. Uh, People are shocked that LeBaron Johnson Jr. didn't go uh, in the first five rounds, and much less the first ten rounds of picks. There's also a star kid out of California named Will Gasparino who has gone undrafted and has already said on his social media he's coming to Texas. He was a Texas commitment. Uh, Travis Sikora, the big 6'6 right-hander from Round Rock High School here in the greater Austin area, uh, he was drafted with the first pick of the third round. He'll be going to the Washington Nationals, throws 100 miles an hour. It was very unlikely he was coming, and uh, Travis is already 19 years old, so he's – He's going to go begin getting that clock ticking on his Major League Baseball career. So the little baseball uh, is where that is. To Pierce, uh, Pierce reminds me of like a head coach who takes over offensive co- coordinator role again. You know, he's like, no, nope, no more. I'm calling the plays again. Well, like, that's I my mean, baby. And, and, you know, I'll give David Pierce this. And we, we have him on our radio show in Austin here every week during the season, and he's very candid. And I think he's going to say, look, I, I'm putting this on me. If the pitching staff stinks next year, I could, I could get fired. I understand that. But, he, you know, he wants to coach the pitchers. And he, he, I think you can tell him a bit of a control freak, which a lot of coaches are. Mm-hmm. And he wants to coach a certain way. And it's like the pitching staff the last couple of years has been bad. Uh, he just He's done it at a really high level. And I think he wants to get back and have a guy like Troy Tulowitzki and the staff that he's assembled. Steve Rodriguez is now in from Baylor, who was a manager for 20 years, who can he can lean on that. Uh, and he's still the head coach, but he really wants to get involved with this pitching staff. I think baseball is the most interesting sport to talk about with NIL because you can do this where you get drafted and see where you're slotted and then almost can have a discussion with your school. Mm-hmm. Like Dylan Campbell, the way he was picked is slotted for about $496,000, right? I mean, Texas give them three hundred thousand, tell them to come back, and you'll get five hundred thousand the next year. You know, like there can be a conversation in baseball to where in football you have to declare so early that like once you're picked, it's too late to go back. Basketball as well, you have to declare and you can't go back. Well, baseball, you can get picked, see where you're going to get, see how much money you're going to get, go through negotiate contract negotiations, and then you can have it with the school either that you were committed to or that you already played with. It'll be interesting to see how many more guys stay in college baseball or go play college baseball. Because when I was coming up in high school, the dream was just to get drafted and skip that three years. Yeah. Because you wanted to start that clock of getting more getting paid money. 
Well, LSU, Virginia, Florida, maybe Texas are proven that you can make a decent amount of money playing college baseball. Is that better than playing single A? And well, going let's also in remember, uh, I agree with 100%, and we've had this conversation a lot. You know, baseball and college baseball is about to improve greatly if you're buying mm-hmm. a stock, if you're yep. thinking about like because 100%. Major League Baseball has shrunk down its minor league system, and it's also shrunk down its draft from 40 rounds to 20. So now there's 20 rounds of kids, a lot of them out of high school, that would have been drafted and have to make a choice that aren't going to get drafted. So they're going to go to college. And even some of the guys that are drafted in that, you know, seventh round to 20 are going to say, you know what, I can go make money. Uh, I just watched Paul Skeens do it. I just saw Dylan Cruz do it. Wyatt Langford. They, and, you know, I think that's what baseball wants. I think Major League Baseball doesn't want to, the, the cost of all this minor league system. They want a streamlined minor league system. And they also want these 18-year-olds to go prove it in the college level, Such be coached by great coaches. And, you know, we'll see when they're 21. Uh, we'll, we'll let them ca- face some high-level college talent. We'll have a bunch of analytics and metrics on their, their at-bats and their pitching innings and what they can do. We'll, we'll, we'll be drafting a better player and that's at 21. Sh- that's and, by the way, like, like football, in a, in a lot of realms in college baseball as it grows, they'll be household names. Mm-hmm. As, yeah. as they enter Major League 100%. Baseball, people already know who they are. Yeah. Well, and I just that's such a shift from what it was when I was coming up. Because the, the pro teams didn't want you to go to college. They wanted to put you in a, into rookie ball and control you and map you out and follow you and coach you the way that they wanted to coach you for three years so they had control and they didn't have to start over when you turned 21. I think they realized that that was costly. You costly, know, uh, and it wasn't effective. Right. And so I've talked to let's a, let the college kids do it now. Yeah. They, they can go. David Pierce can figure out if you're a good pitcher or not, and then we'll draft you. If you, you can't handle it at Texas, you certainly right. can't handle it here. Because I talked to all, and this is personal, but I talked to a lot of young guys who got drafted into that rookie ball, and they get there, and they're surrounded by 16, 17-year-old, 18-year-old kids, kids from Venezuela and Dominican Republic, and they don't speak English, and their heads are swimming. You can't communicate with anybody on your team. There's not a team. It's just everybody's you know trying to make it. You come to Texas, you're on a team, right? And then you're 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 a college kid, you're Texas State or any of these schools. Facilities whole, are better. Oh yeah, meal plans better. Oh, not the bus leagues and yeah. minor league baseball is a hard slog, man, and it'll it'll weed you out pretty quick. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot more players, uh, good players, playing three years at college baseball and then off to the draft, which will help the draft, the game. It's the industry of baseball in general, in my mind. All right, final thing, and then we'll wrap things up here on our fourth quarter uh, and then get you out of here. Uh, talking a lot of football, looking forward to Big 12 Football Media Days this week. But Northwestern, on this the day of this taping of our multicast, the Eyes on Texas multicast, powered by Grande Equipment, has fired Pat Fitzgerald of his duties, relieved him there. Um, the hazing allegations that broke on Friday, props to the school paper in Northwestern. They have a yes. great J school and journalism school at Northwestern, but they're the ones that broke this story, did, did some tremendous reporting, and... Uh, I mean, just enough. I mean, 17 years Pat Fitzgerald was at Northwestern, but the allegations are ugly, and uh, the president made the decision. How shocked are you by this? I mean, I'm not shocked. And that that's kind of my, th- like, you know, you get on Twitter and you see, like, Danny Cannell, Darren Rovell, like, all these media guys, like, that's not the Pat Fitzgerald I know. You don't know him. You, you know as much as they allow you to see as a media member. You know, they're cordial. They're nice. They're respect, but like you don't you don't know anybody behind closed doors. You barely know your best friends or your family members and what's going on behind closed doors, right? I I've always found it weird as a media member when other media members, before you know all the information and you're not in those rooms, you're so quick to go public and go, well, that's not the guy I've known. I've never heard one bad thing about him. It's like, well, you then you haven't been reading for the last couple of days, and so uh, good on the the high, the college journalists because that's hard to do. Oh my gosh, like. 
the football coach. team is the is the, are the kings on campus, and you're going up against that, and you're going to topple that thing down. A seventeen year old, a seventeen year tenured coach. That's guts. That's bravery, and it, and it shows how important on the ground reporting is, because Northwestern is a journalism school. And it wasn't Mike Wilbon or any of those guys breaking the story, <laughs> right? It was Mike it was twenty year olds breaking the story and having the guts to do it. Um, you know, as we see in media, more and more local beats get erased, and more and more on ground reporters get replaced by national figures. This is what is lost because Northwestern was going to sweep this under the rug. They knew all of this stuff, and they suspended them two weeks. It's only the public outcry and the work of twenty year olds to get this out there that has undone a a figure who seemed untouchable. How many more of these stories are going on in athletics? Yeah. I mean, I think that's uh, well said by somebody who does cover uh, the uh, the college football game. Because you're right. We don't know. we shocked by our Bryles and the goings on at Baylor. We're shocked After by our Bryles, how can you – like, that's the yeah. thing. It's like, how many times do you – man, I thought he was – like. You hear neighbors say it on like murder mystery shows. Like my fiance is into the murder porn thing, right? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like not snuff films, but like the yeah. like the Dateline own, NBC, right? Yeah, she loves that stuff. Every party, everybody on that show is nobody's like, yeah, he was a serial killer, man. He was crazy, creeped me out. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> all along. Yeah, yeah. It's always like, man, I just never. He was such a nice guy. He gave me a newspaper. He helped me when we didn't have sugar or whatever. It's like, yeah, that's how they get away with it, you mm-hmm. know. And, and you know, I'm old enough to know that this was the culture at a lot of places. Like this is this is what locker room culture was for for a lot of generations. My grandfather was in locker rooms in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Like I've heard it all. But we're at a point now where this is unacceptable and you're a head coach who knows literally everything that happens in your program. Like you're a control like that's the whole thing. And so when when Kirby Smart when these coaches kind of act like, "Well, I just did. Well, I only have them for so many hours the other day. How am I supposed It's like you know every, you know if they're late to class, you know every single thing that they're doing. You just don't care. And you get fired for not caring in today's world. And well said. And uh, it's even if they don't know, which I don't believe, it's their responsibility to know. Right. They, then they you have, should know. They have to know. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that story will develop. It's just happened today. Northwestern has fired Pat Fitzgerald. Uh, and he did a hell of a job winning there. But at the same time, uh, good job by the J School there at Northwestern. Uh, our fourth quarter brought to you by Access Discount Healthcare, our final four co- big conversations. And this is a big deal, folks. It's created by pharmacists to offer you a Netflix-style monthly subscription to help significantly cut your prescription costs. Add up what you pay for prescriptions on a monthly and yearly basis. And then think about this. Uh, with with, with what we're talking about here, their prescription drug platform is essentially Netflix for your prescriptions. Simply pay a small monthly fee to access the platform. Once you're a member, all of your subscriptions are free. There's no long-term contract. You can cut out any time. It's a month-to-month deal. Subscriptions are $21.99 for an individual, so you buy yourself. $26.99 for a two-person family, $31.99 for a family of three or more, and it can be as many there as long as they live on the same address. Prescriptions can be mailed directly to you or picked up at over 64,000 pharmacies like Walgreens, CVS, and others. And again, this was designed by pharmacists to try to cut through the, the cost, the red tape, and everything that's going on there with the big pharma. Uh, you can see if your drugs are included before you even sign up. They've got every answer you have at the website there. Uh, and again, you go to yourfreerxdrugs.com, yourfreerxdrugs.com. This isn't a discount card. Uh, this is 
you know, access like you would for Netflix to the prescriptions that you need and have. Add it up for yourself and tell me if $31.99 for your whole family or $21.99 for yourself is a savings. I promise you it will be. There are already 1.5 million Americans using this platform. They've already collectively saved over $100 million. And here it is, the retention rate. Mention it's month to month, not a contract. Once you, if you don't like it, you're out. 98.5% of people who get signed up stay with it. That's how quality it is. Yourfreerxdrugs.com. Sign up and learn more. Just go to the website yourfreerxdrugs.com. It'll have every question you're thinking about right now, an answer for it, uh, videos to show you how it works. If my drugs are there and prescriptions I need are there, yourfreerxdrugs.com. All right, so that's going to wrap us up. Appreciate our friends at Grande Equipment, uh, our title sponsor, and all of our founding partners. We're sticking with these group, this group of five or six sponsors. They'll be our only sponsors all year long. Uh, they're tremendous, and they're helping us make this thing grow. Thank you to Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Mike, and the uh, uh, the Republic of Football. You guys are really killing, uh, bringing it strong with college football coverage, and we, we love being a part of it. We will have all 13 by football season. Got uh, final two confirmations this last week, so we have th- all 13 FBS teams in the state will have a dedicated podcast on this network. And that's at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com and just Republic of Football wherever you get your podcast. Also, you'll find this podcast. We call it a multicast. You can see it on YouTube at the Dave Campbell's YouTube page, the Horn in Austin, hornfm.com, the YouTube page there. Also on Spotify and iTunes. It should be posted by tomorrow. Uh, lunchtime or early afternoon and ready to go. And that puts a wrap. Enjoy Big 12 Media Days, my friend. Absolutely. Bring back tons of info. Looking forward to it. I have a lot of audio and video next week. If we get our TV fixed, uh, we'll be able to take you uh, behind the scenes at Big 12 Football Media Days. Two days, 14 teams, a unicorn of a year with four new Big 12 schools and the last year for the founding members, Texas and Oklahoma. Hope everybody has a great week. We'll do this again. Pick you, you know, once you enjoy watching our, our multicast, send it along to a friend. Tell them about it as we get closer and closer to football season. As Mike said, we'll be 50 days on Friday. Uh, you're going to want to be locked into this because during the year, it'll become a two-episode-a-week multicast. So we're looking forward to that as well. It's a wrap on the Eyes on Texas multicast, powered by Grande Equipment. Grande Equipment, locally owned, independent equipment company, has been serving Texas and the world equipment world's equipment, equipment needs since 2004, online at grandeequipment.com. Have a great week. Yeah, I'll be in town Friday.